Welcome to another episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm Jay, and with me today is my comics correspondent, Dan, the Hagrid Morrison. I thought the Hagrid, because we're talking about the Batman. We are indeed. We are talking about the Batman. We've Now, we know this is a bit late. We've just had Batman month, and I was meant this review was meant to come out like a week after the Batman. But things happened, which I'll explain at the very end of the podcast. Things happened, we couldn't do it, but we're doing it now. But I'm kind of glad we did wait, because yes. this is going to be the first spoiler review you might hear, which talks about that deleted scene as well. Ooh. Yeah. So, before we get into it, I'll just do all the usual stuff. Don't forget to go to www.talknerdy.uk. Don't forget to add us on our socials, at talknerdy.uk. UK, it's always a mouthful, this. <laughs> Don't forget to email us at talknodeuk at gmail.com. And a new thing I'm saying, rate and review us. Please rate, review, and share the podcast. It's how people find out about the podcast. If you're enjoying this, tell your mates and review it so other people can see that you're enjoying it. But without further ado, let's get into The Batman. Right, so we've tried to do this before. We have. So I asked you your initial thoughts then. Yes. I doubt they've changed since then. Not really, no. (laughs) So I think we can just dive immediately into our initial thoughts. And I think we'll go the other way. It's obvious we both like this film. Yes. Um, What was your expectations for this film? Because the whole build-up, the trailers, what were your expectations? Uh, I I had an opposite approach to you in... This film, I know you were like, I was, I, I was just like, get fucking hyped. Yeah, you were get like, fucking hyped. You would get hyped, but you were also, I don't want to know anything about this film Correct. until I walk into it. I know what this film is about. I don't want to know anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, give me the juicy details. <laughs> like, I just want to know. Like, I watched even they released like a three minute scene from the the funeral. Yes, they did. And I watched that, and you were like, no, don't want to see it. And I was like, but it got me so excited. For, oh, you're for... like the Perez Hilton of the comic book world. <laughs> You've got to know everything. I do. I have to know everything. We were talking earlier. I've already got more obvious spoilers. Yeah, um, fucking hell. But no. So I I was really hyped for the film. I think I knew what it was going to be like in my head. Like, I was pretty convinced of what it was going to be like. Mm. I thought it was going to be um, The Dark Knight, just a little bit darker, a little bit up to date. <laughs> the darker night. The darker night. The <laughs> darkest of nights. Yeah. Um, and boy, was I wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it was great. I loved it. There were so many things that I'd read from Matt Reeves where he'd been like I listened to Nirvana loads while I was writing the character of Bruce Wayne and I sort of modelled him off Kurt Cobain and I was like that's not going to work but then I could see it fully yeah see it work and he was like oh I've I've kind of modelled it off films like Seven and I was like how's a Batman film going to resemble Seven and I was like oh my god this is Seven with Batman yeah Uh, it was brilliant and he, he had a vision he executed it Perfectly, I have to say. I mean, it is. It's it's so. It's the most Batman film 
I think we could have asked for. There is, uh, I, I'm, in retrospect, I do have some things that would be interesting to discuss with you. But Definitely. on paper, right now, it looks the most like a Batman film. Yes. It, it, it visually, the style, the the tone, the way the story goes, is the most like a Batman film should be. Like it was like a, it was the most comic book movie I've ever, I think I've ever ever watched. Because I just felt like I was really... People might put the words comic book movie into over-the-top, grandiose. For me, it was like, I'm reading the fucking comic. Yeah. I, I get this from Chris Wakefield when he said he watched Infinity War. He said he felt like he was reading the comic power for panel. For me, this was it. Every shot was, and for me, a panel on a page. And then you had your big splashes sometimes. Oh, and it, it was just visually... Beautiful, and it's funny you say about the Dark Knight because everyone goes on about Nolan um, and the Dark Knight yeah. trilogy, but it was shot well, but there were some terrible shots. Like his action sequences were shit. Oh. Other than Dark, other than the second film, he really. I think someone was like, "No, you've got to sort it out." I saw someone put up showing that in Batman Begins, there's a fight sequence. And within one second, he used, uses five different frames. And then the person goes, right, now I'm just going to show you these frames. And then does it. He goes, what, the hap- what happened there? What happened there? You don't know. So why does he put that one second in the film? He went, I'll show you the whole scene. Now you'll notice it more. And you look and go, oh, that's fucking horrible. Yeah. But this, chef's kiss on everything. Oh, definitely. Have you seen even Matt Reeves gave recommendations on the projector settings for, to cinemas? Like, oh, really? Perfect, it should be this setting like, with this lens. Oh, the curve is taken. It and it's like, oh, he loves this character. It, yeah. And he's put it on the page and he's put it on the screen. The curve, the, the, you can see it in every aspect of, from every shot. For me, it was that opening shot where he's like, it's outside the house and the manor. And I was like, are we, is this young Bruce Wayne or is this not? And I'm kind of unsure. And then when you find out it's not, but it goes to the Riddler's just behind him mm. and the white of the TV is on his glasses. That I was like, oh my God, this is like some... One, it's a bit scary. Yeah. And two, I could picture that as a panel. Oh, like, And then from then I was like, oh my God, he's done the, he's, this will be the whole fucking film because that's what you do. You you make your first image like this is the film yeah. and everything was... Yeah. It lined up. Gorgeous. Um, yeah. It reminded me of... For maybe because of the red lighting, and obviously the characters are kind of similar for reasons I won't get into. Daredevil, the season, season yeah. of Daredevil, the action sequences, and the yeah, very much so. And the, not tonally, not not always the same tonally because Daredevil goes on a bit more kind of like light light heart of the first sometimes, but again, just trying to make it look like a comic book and trying to also show you the depths, like the the downers of yeah. this of this story. What I like as well is even taking the visuals out of it for a second. Mm. One thing that pretty much every comic book has in common is there's a narrator. Whether it's the main character yes, or whether it's you. some out of nowhere just body that's just commenting on everything. You can't really write a comic book without a narrator kind of explaining things going along. Mm. You have your speech bubbles... And then you have your narrator boxes. Yeah. They're just telling you what's going on. And it kind of dumbfounds me that to this day, we only have two superhero films with a narrator, Batman and Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen. Um, Iron Man 2 weirdly begins doing it. 
So Tony Stark is narrating it. And then after about 15 minutes, that stops. He doesn't narrate any more of the story. And then the whole point is at the very end, the after credit scene, he was actually telling the story to Hulk. Yeah. And that was it. But I remember that when it starts... Iron Man 3. It's Iron Man 3, sorry. So Iron Man 3, when that happens, when he begins narrating, I remember going, fucking yes, I want to hear this all from his point of view. I feel like... It's not a spy... Tobey Maguire did it, actually. At the beginning of his films, to say, so here I am, I'm... He's at the beginning and the end, doesn't he? Yeah. He's at the beginning, but nothing in the middle. But nothing to the same way. I mean, it. Rorschach does it pretty much exactly the same way as, the as book. Batman as, as, as Batman does in this film. Yeah. Date. Because the, it's his diary. Yeah. That makes sense. And it even shows you Batman writing his diaries in the... Which, in he, of course, yeah, I liked that. He would keep a notebook of his progress. I'm pretty sure if he paused it in the right area, he's probably writing what he's saying. Yeah, I I think I did check. I think I did look and it is word for word he's writing that. Which, one, is brilliant detail, and two, is such a nod to comic books. Mm. It is the way to do it. Although the only person who doesn't do it is Sean Murphy. He does the White Knight comics. Oh, yeah. Where he writes and he draws them. And he wrote, a, he tweeted like a list of his universe. And it was like one of his rules of writing comics is he hates narrator boxes. He's like, I'll have characters say something to move the point along, but you will not get a narrate box off me. He said, yeah, That's fair. But because that pisses him off, because then you've got people like Scott Snyder who will make half the fucking pages narration yeah. boxes. But even then, like sometimes. It- you can display what a character's thinking, and that's the narration. Yeah, it's Instead fine. of there being some ab- outside abstract thing, it's like Constantine does it a lot of the time. He's just, like, Hellraiser comics will just open with two or three pages of him thinking about what his last mission was, like, up to date, why he's coming home, so that you kind of get an ear for the thing, for what's going on, and it's not just out of nowhere. It's just his stream of consciousness yeah. instead of just art which just art is brilliant I mm. love a good full page of artwork but you know I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to turn four or five pages of somebody walking somewhere and be like I get it he's walking somewhere I want some inner monologue I want some depth yeah you want some I feel bad now because I feel like that that comic I got you hook there is quite a lot of I really enjoyed that though. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you saved yourself, though. You've no, saved I yourself, really yeah. enjoyed Hook. That was good. great. Um, I wish there was a second one, but no. There might be a TV show. We don't know. Oh. Uh, right, no, so then, let, I mean, if we just go into, we'll go into Bruce Wayne, because you mentioned, like, he based it on the uh, Kirk Cobain. This is obviously a very different Bruce Wayne from, I would say, nearly any iteration on live the live screen. Oh, yeah. Maybe with the exception of I've watched a bit of Gotham, but that's he's a kid and he's like really troubled. But this was like Michael Keaton and I feel Keaton and Val Kilmer. No, Ben uh, Ben Affleck, Bateman, Christian Bale, Christian Bale. (laughs) Jason played um, Patrick Bateman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bale and Keaton both played like a little bit loony when they were like in public view. A bit like a bit, and then dark in the shadows, brooding. I like that. That, that in fairness, that's Frank Miller's year one. Yeah, that's something that that is shown to happen. You know, inviting play, Playboy models to be round when Jim Gordon comes there and tell them to leave the second he leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just make it seem like he's just a crazy rich whack, whack job. In this, I did like how it's like he he just he's so obsessed with being the Batman because that is his true identity oh, really yeah. in the end that. 
he doesn't give a shit. And he's just like, a, I saw someone compare him to, um, it would be like, you know, like a really rich social media mogul. Like yeah. who's just gone off the rails a bit and who's like got so much money and I've got everyone running the empire for him and he's just kind of depressed and lost in his own world. That was like that. And I liked that because it also, it was believable. Like when he comes out, people are like, oh, Mr. Wayne, we don't see you outside much, but no one's questioning like, he can't possibly be the Batman or anything because he's just like this inward, awkward, rich person. And he looks scrawny as well. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. He makes himself look similar with the baggy clothes he wears. Yeah, and like hunched over and stuff. Which is clever. And then he obviously he's fairly ripped to be the Batman. Oh, yeah, in mm. fairness. Well, I liked how he also d- he didn't really speak much. Yeah, I like that. The uh, silence says a lot more. He has nothing to say. His actions speak louder than his words, which I quite like. A good interaction is when... So there's a scene where, obviously, the Riddler's been arrested and he's, like, looking around the Riddler's room to find out if they missed anything. Yeah. And that policeman walks in and is like, hey, you can't be here, and he just looks at him. Doesn't say a word, just looks at him. The guy goes, ah, okay, you can be here, it's fine. Yeah. And then he goes, and then he goes to pick something up. He goes, you can't pick that, that's tampering evidence. Just looks at him again. And the guy, yeah, it's fine. Go on, you know. Like, because there's no, there was no need. It says everything right there. Like yeah. it might as well be saying, "I'm Batman. I am Batman." The whole time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, what are you gonna do? Like, oh yeah, nothing at all. He doesn't say much, and then that means when he does say stuff, it hits harder, so yeah. much more, so much harder. Um, just and, on that, as someone with a forensics degree. Mm. There's a line in that film where a police officer just goes, does nobody care about the chain of evidence? <laughs> Which is just like, oh, I was dying in the cinema last I, <laughs> I loved how much emphasis they put on the police fucking hate him. I like that. See, I because was worried about that. that is what that. happens in the, in the comics to begin with. The police fucking hate this oh, yeah, guy. It, it, Jim Gordon stands alone as being the only one who has any faith in Batman to, mm. to bring any justice to Gotham. Um but I, I was worried about that from the trailer because you see him walk into the apartment and all the police are there. And I was like, hang on, he's in year two and all the police have accepted him already. Mm. So I was worried that it was going to be a little bit comic booky, Like Adam West style. Yeah. Oh, we better yeah. get the Batman in. Exactly. So um, And when I say comic booky, I don't mean modern day comic booky. I mean like 1960s comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Campy um, comic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously it comes to it. And at first I was like, oh no, they're doing that. I'm doing that. And then the commissioner comes in and goes, what the fuck is he doing here? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm glad they've addressed this. Yes. It's brilliant. I do. I like um, that. The bit where like he wakes up in the fucking room and they're all there and he's like, starts fighting with them. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, let's have it out. Let's have the police versus Batman. What does he do? Does he hit a cop? Will he hit a cop? What's going to happen? My mate was telling me the other day, you know that uh, that cop with the really like weird voice, the one he's like, oh, you got five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently he's a scouser. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently like, he got hired while he was around here. I've got an even more... Oh, this is... Danny... I think Danny Dugan does listen to this podcast. I'm sorry, Danny. I'm going to tell you your very sad story is that he applied to be an extra. He's, always, he's got like a tick box of things he wants to do before he dies. One is being extra in a major film. So this seemed perfect just down the yeah. road. He gets a callback, says, yeah, you can be an extra. You've got to be done this day. So he rings work, and they're like, yeah, it's your dream. Go for it. So then they message him and go, right, we know we've had a... We want you to be able to 
you're going to have to get wet, basically. There's going to be eight hours of you in torrential rain. You're going to have to bring your own towels. We'll feed you. We'll give you drinks. You're going to get paid quite a good money for this. But you're going to be in torrential rain to bring change of clothes and towel. He was absolutely fine. But then he got another call to say, we've had a, a change. Can you be this other person who drives a car? Because we're going to either scrap that scene or you're not in that yeah. scene anymore. But we want you to drive a car. Can you drive a car? Messages back. Email. Yes, I can. Gets another email. Can you drive stick? Yes, I can. Can you drive left-handed vehicles? Or, or do you drive a left-handed vehicle? He messaged back, no. Oh. And he said afterwards, he was like, I don't know why I did. Because... I, I mean, I genuinely can probably drive a left-handed vehicle. It's, it's no different. Yeah. And so they messaged back, oh, sorry, that's not really for you then, is it? And they got someone else and the other role had gone. Oh, that's so disgusting. He, but, he, and we, we, but we've been skitting him, like saying, what if it was the Batmobile? What, what, <laughs> what if you were the Batmobile? He's like, fuck off, no. Or Penguin? Yeah. Oh, oh it's so bad. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I got lost there. That, that is so, that, was it Danny, was it? Yeah, Danny. Danny, you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> well, the, in fact, we can talk about this. It was filmed in Liverpool. Yes. Now, not many people listening to this from around, who I know we've got listeners in America, all around England. I get also India. We get quite a few listeners. Nice. Um, yeah, Liverpool is more or less like, well, we're in Liverpool right now. Yes, we are. Um, we're in my house. Yeah. So there's many times throughout the film that I was like going, huh. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I know that building. Yes, I know that it was quite satisfying. It was great. The um, the the GCPD building is is the live building, mm-hmm. which is probably the main building in in Liverpool. It's yeah. um, Liverpool Football Club's emblem is the live bird, mm. um, and th- that's very clearly in it for quite a lot of the film. Yeah, it is. As well. um, also, the I think it's City Hall. Yeah. In it, where the where the funeral, funeral is, is. that St George's Hall in Liverpool, which you uh, can't miss if you come out of the uh, if you come out on what station is it? A Lime Street. Lime Street. Come on, Lime Street. It's Bam! Right it's ahead. The, um, and the, the big lions that you see at the end of the film when it's flooded, they're yeah. they're a prominent feature there outside. Yeah, you'll probably say, go and sit on one, have a photo. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a pretty good shot. I saw somebody went round Liverpool actually with uh, photos from the Batman and lined them up. Oh, you know, lined them up, sick. sick. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and that's only five minutes fair, really. It's not far. No. Um, but we got to have that. Yes, that, was, that was brilliant. I I really love that. Uh, what I just talking about the. Um, GCPD building. Hmm. Uh, that was one of my favourite scenes in the movie. Oh, him he jumping off the top because he does not stick the landing. No, I like that. He's it's, still clearly it's working on shit. He loves it because he he doesn't love it. Sorry, I love it because it's clearly the first time he's done this. <laughs> he's like, oh fuck, I hope this works. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is this is brilliant. This is year two. He's not got the cape. And no. gliding down perfectly, it lands, you know, it, it doesn't do a superhero landing. It's Squirrel Man! Yeah, Flying he, Squirrel Man! Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, he did look a little bit like Francis Bourgeois or whatever his face is when he was doing that. But, I mean, I thought it was great. I loved it. No, I, I did. I, I think it was more... It also showed his desperate, like how he he just doesn't care for his body. Like, older Bruce Wayne doesn't care because he's putting justice first. He's almost like... Punishing himself. He's like on a suicide mission almost. Yeah. And Alfred brings this up. By the way, his relationship with Alfred is so harsh. Oh, mate. Give him a minute. He's just woke up from a coma. You lied to me, Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just woke up. Give him five minutes. 
Yeah, I did five think that. Alfred's like, oh, we doing this? We doing this now? <laughs> right. We we're doing this now while he's got the typical movie head bandage on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was. I was just like constantly like. I think when Alfred came in, I was like, ooh, yeah, I love a bit of Alfred and Batman, uh, Alfred and Bruce, and then he was just like, fuck you, Alfred, fuck you. And I, I was just broken heart. It was like, he, he said something like, you're, but you're not my dad. I was like, yeah. He is, though, really. He raised yeah, he's you. Like, he's taken off the cufflinks, and it's like, yeah. why are you wearing Wayne cufflinks? It's like, could you rub it in any mm. further, mate? He's raised you for years. Like, in the Nolan ones, it's more about... Michael Caine's like going, you you have to go out there, you have to be a Wayne. Oh, I'm not bothered, I'm doing this. He goes, no, because if you don't be a Wayne, your father's legacy dies. Yeah. And it's really important. In this, he's, his father's legacy is what haunts him. Because yeah. if he's been trying to, and again, we've never seen this before. In the Nolan films, they are made out to be literally fucking saints. The, oh, yeah. a, a, the dad speaks in nothing but parables. Oh, yeah. You know, like going... It might as well be the book of Jesus Christ written by, you know, Bruce Wayne's dad. Um, But in this, they are fallible. They're in a city where it's a a hive of scum and villainy, to quote a famous man. And of course they would befall it, whether they meant to or not. It's clearly an accident. It's clearly like he gets the temptation to dance with the devil a bit and go, right, I need you to just help me a little bit. Don't do anything hasty. Just do a little bit. Puts him in his pocket. And it's just Obviously, we're talking about Falcone here. Yeah, Falcone. Right, can you settle this? Yeah. Is it Falcone or Falcone? Because uh, it depends on the actor. Yeah, I've <laughs> noticed that. It's like, in some it's Falcone, in other it's Falcone. I think it's Falcone um, only because it it's like an Italian yeah. inflection, I think. Um, it's a me, Falcone. Also, that, I, I am, I... I've said nothing but positive things about this film so far. Go on. I am going to shit on it here for a second. Okay. The whole bat, rat, bird with wings, falcon has wings thing Mm. was a little bit shit. The the riddles, I liked his riddles, but I remember getting annoyed. Like, (laughs) these are the two greatest detectives in in theory in the world at one point. Batman's going to become the world's greatest detective. And it goes... It says like a rat with wings. He goes, a penguin has wings. <laughs> like that. I was like, thanks, Batman. Thanks for exp- bat explaining yeah, that. And then they were like, a falcon has wings. It's like, yeah. yeah, but his name isn't Falcon, is it? It's Falcone. It's like you're really stretching for that one. That's why I like how penguins like you fucking morons. Yeah. You are. You know what? Actually, that was the the the, the humor was dark but r- really good. Yeah. So yeah, like him like calling him out on it and then leaving him so he has to waddle which yeah. I liked that little nod I liked how oh it's a thumb drive oh god I loved I, oh. I literally had to stop myself from doing an os- a live ostrich and going ha <laughs> <laughs> it was good I, I did like it I my only my that is my only problem with it is the, is the, the whole bat and the rat and the and the flying rat the bats and the cats and the bats and rats and whatever it's <laughs> freaking I yeah the that annoyed me a little bit, but it fuck was it a, a masterclass in tying your A plot and your B plot together? Yes. Because yes. oh my god, I forgot there was an A plot for a good thirty minutes of this film. I was so wrapped into the B plot, and then when the when it finished and they were like, right, okay, it was Falcone. 
Jer- fucking the Riddler's still here. And I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, God, God, the Riddler. Fuck, I forgot the Riddler was in this yeah. film. <laughs> but the Riddler, yeah. The Rid- Riddler, by the way, we began talking about this when we went to do our first attempt at this and very quickly interrupted. The Riddler, I... Expectations for me were low on him because I hated his costume. He looked like, I'm a turtle. Like that. In all the posters, it didn't work. Like an awkward, gimpy turtle. But it makes sense in the story because he's trying to start an army. So he makes like a uniform. Yeah. And in actual fact, when you take it all off, he looks like the Riddler. He looks like the comic Riddler. Yeah. It's just, this would be this is part of his plan. And it's just executed really well. as like some mad... So, like, he would be a guy who... What's the word? It's like an, a, a, not an eco-terrorist is when they talk to you with green... When you're, like, a, a wild... Sort of activist. Yeah, a kind of, like, online terrorist. You're just kind of, like, trying to gain a following to people to do things for you. Oh, yeah, sort of, like, um, anonymous. A bit like anonymous. And it would that would make sense. And it yeah. also borrows nicely from one of the scariest moments of Dark Knight, which is when Joker makes his own foot film. Yeah. Right? And then so we have Riddler making his own films, and it's fucking, it's, it is. But there's a lot of horror elements to this. You got that. You've got when they listen to that girl get murdered. Oh, that's brutal. It was fucking brutal. Like that the screams brutal, and shit. It was. It was what well, I listen to a lot of true crime. Yeah. And I, there's a couple I listen to. Big up Sword and Scale. It's a really good podcast because it has so much footage and audio footage that he uses to tell the story, not just a guy telling it, he uses all the quotes, the actual, mm. in the police. Like the 911 call. Yeah, yeah. so the 911 calls like happen, so sometimes people are getting called while the person's being murdered in the next room. Mm. You hear them screams, it does send a chill. That, to me, sounded so genuine. Oh, it big, was, big it ups was, to the actress. Yeah. Who was doing that. It, uh, unfortunately, I don't know no. what the actress's name is, but she, she was brilliant. Yeah, they all were, the acting. There was not it, one bad actor I've in this. I've heard a lot of people slate in the acting. What? And I think uh, a lot of people have been numbed to what acting is a little bit. Oh, go on! I sense, I um, sense a take. Do you, do you sense a hot take? I sense. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be hot. I think it's oh, it might be hot to other people. Go okay. on. Okay. I think from what I've seen I'm big on Twitter you're on Twitter quite a lot as well. I use it I'm, fairly a lot I'm yeah. big on Twitter I like to know what everyone's opinion is on Twitter and I disagree with 90% of them <laughs> it makes me angry makes me anxious but I, I wanted to see what people thought of Batman and people were especially put off by uh, the scene where the Riddler is like singing Ave Maria Okay. And they were like, oh, it just made me uncomfortable. And I was like, that's the fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, he's just not acting like a person would. Yeah, because yeah. he's a fucking psycho. It's like, that's the point. If, he, if he's acting like, yes, this was my plan all along. I am yeah. the Riddler. You're not meant to like him. And in that moment as well, he's not on top. He's realised, fuck, the person I thought was fighting the battle with me is actually that was a really me. good point I love that breaking down I love it that, the minute really? he started going ah, like no, that no no no, no, no I no. was like oh my god this whole time he genuinely and I was like is he gonna turn and go like ah oh, no 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 I knew that and turn into I'm like no it's totally broken him I was like holy shit this is even better because then that's gonna why are they gonna have this constant vendetta because he's been obsessed with Batman and Batman's broke his heart yeah it, I, I it, loved that. It was beautiful. Also, 
I think the most tense I've been in a movie theater in a long time mm. is when Batman goes to see the Riddler in Arkham Asylum, and the Riddler just goes. Yes! Oh my God, Bruce! Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, he knows." Obviously, he doesn't. He doesn't. But that's but... that again. That was such a good bait and switch. Oh, that was so. It was like it. It was so well done, and it wasn't at all like, "Oh, we had you tricked the." Oh, like it was so tense. Yeah, it really... and The music in the background is just these high strings, but they're not spiking. They're just ethereal, which just makes you fucking even tenser and builds you up for this final scene. No, oh, that oh, no, reminds me that if that entire scene might be my favorite scene because we're so far into oh, the me too. we're so far into the film. Falcone's dead, and the Riddler's come back in. And I think I was on this borderline of... I, I'm going to say it right now. It was the fastest three hours of my life, that this film. I enjoyed it, really. But when Falcone went and the Riddler was back, I got a slight... A slight inkling. Oh, this might be where it slows down. Because it would make sense. Because not many films can pull this off. That scene... Pulled me right out of that inkling. And boy, did they hit the throttle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it just goes hell for leather with the totally flooding. I, that was the other thing I was thinking. I was like, how can we have like our big, I call it the blue beam in the sky moment. You, right. For comic book films and stuff, how do you have the big epic battle without it being a big blue beam in the sky? Because this was so grounded yeah. that I didn't know how are we going to have a big... Epic ending without it being kind of like art too arty farty or whatever. Oh, I agree. And to have then all the Riddler dress dressing up like the all these little soldiers attacking the uh, where all the people will be kept to like kill the mayor and kill all the people and take back the city, and he drops through the roof. Oh, and that entire scene, my jaw was on the floor just watching him kick. Ass. It was one of the best Batman fight sequences I've ever seen. We're talking horror elements like we have. Hmm. There's a scene where it's just one of the um, like the Riddler soldiers. I think there's a smoke grenade gone off or something, and you can't really see what's happening. And Batman jumps out of the smoke, but the strings in the orchestra like, spike oh, right. like a horror film. <laughs> to make so, you jump. But, but it's, it's classic horror film. I, I watch a lot of horror films, and... It ninety percent of the thing that makes you jump is the music, mm. and that and that's a typical really high end spike in the strings when something scary happens. And when Batman jumps out of the shadows, there it made me jump. And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, I love Batman, but I was frightened of Batman there. Like, I would be shitting myself if I was one of those Riddlers." Well, that's that's the thing. That's what I like about this whole film. It begins with him saying. Crime has gone up since I've been doing this for two years. I don't know why I'm using fear really well. It's it, it's the literally the bad guys are not scared of not only their own shadow, the shadows in case he comes out of them. And when we see that happen, that's amazing. But we'll talk about right. that in a bit. But then that's why then he's had this interaction with Riddler, and Riddler's like, we were on the same team, and, he, and you kind of like, why do you think you're on the same team? Like, why would he think that? What are Because you're, you're crazy, Riddler. And when he rips the mask off one and goes, bear in mind, Bruce has literally only said the Batman a couple of times. He refers himself as vengeance. Yeah. And that criminal takes it off and goes, I am vengeance. He's like, I am the same as these. I'm doing this wrong. 
Exactly. And then leads into that nice beacon of hope. He's on the top and he goes from being, people are scared of him to like, he's like, no, you need to take my hand. And they tentatively take it and he helps them. And then he's walking them through the water with the light, oh, which is such good symbolism. Literally a fucking beacon. A like, literal like a beacon. Statue of Liberty. Yeah, walking for them. And it was like, and right then his character's just on a total 180 flip. He can still be scary to bad guys, but but only because he but he's got to be a symbol of hope for people who aren't bad. Yeah, and that is again they have to know that he's fighting for them. Yeah, which is great Not because himself. again we don't. I feel like obviously in the Keaton Batman's you don't. It's just instantly that symbol anyway. They, they talk about it, but it's the bad guys are scared of him. The good guys are intrigued by him, and then you get to yeah. Nolan's and it kind of again plays on this the. The people aren't scared of him, but the bad guys are. In this, the people are scared of him, and they would be. Yeah. You'd be fucking freaked out if there was a guy going around Liverpool, like, smacking the shit out of bad guys, like, and leaving them in the state they are. Not because you're like, I'm a bad guy, but you might think, I might get associated with a bad guy. Yeah. Or... Are, they, are they actually just beating up bad guys, or is that just by I chance? mean, I heard some good guys got beaten up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Was that that person? I yeah. don't know. There's hysteria. Mm. Um, me and um, Bibby and, and Pete, who are part of the band that we're in, um, we were having this discussion the other day. Do you think Batman is a name that the media have come up with, or do you think Batman is a name that he has come up with. And if not, do you think Bruce Wayne actually is going by the name Vengeance? Oh, he does call himself Vengeance a Several lot. Times. Whereas I feel the only time I've, off the top of my head, I, he says Batman is when he turns to Gordon and he says something like, is this how it ends? Or like, if he wants the Batman to end. Yeah. And then you got to remember Riddler calls him literally puts the Batman doesn't yeah. Batman puts the Batman like I think it is a media thing See, I think I, the media I, have called him that because he's not even got he's not got like he doesn't go, go I need to get the Batmobile and the Bat thing. he never says anything like that he just yeah. dresses as a bat and you would call it it's the Bat dude the Batman who yeah. flies around here I think it is that I think he calls himself Vengeance and then that's what's going to change because he's not going to call himself Vengeance anymore and in the next one he might refer to himself as the Dark Knight or something you like see, that. You see, that's what I like is this sort of symbolism almost of, okay, I am Vengeance and he fights for himself until the end of the film where he kind of drops his thing and is like, okay, well, I'll be what the people have been calling me because I'm fighting for them. Mm. I'm their person. They can name me and they've called me Batman. I mean, obviously, I, I read the... I don't think you've read the prequel comic book. Oh, shit, no, I haven't. There is, apparently... Uh, I read a, a synopsis of the end of it because I read parts of it. Right. Because um, the fucking website I was on crashed. Um <laughs> But it, the final panel is Bruce Wayne in his sort of, you know, bat cave almost, mm. and a bat flies past him. And that's sort of, the ins- that's meant to be the inspiration. So we know he has got bat in his brain. He is dressing like, we know he knows he's dressing like Has he bat. had the bat thing happen to him, though, like, where he was attacked by bats as a kid? Or did he know? No idea. Because that's not been in the comic books. Right. Because I, I prefer that rather than that's what flew past him. Because all it takes is 
a multiverse where a roach went past and he's like, I'm Roachman. Well, there are, there are alternate universes where he is like Owlman. He's Owlman, yeah. And, um... But I just, I've, yeah, I think I, pref- I, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I want them to expand on that in the next film and show like he was scared of bats as a kid. I'm that's... just so glad there wasn't an origin story in this. No, oh, you know what? Even Ben Affleck's managed to squeeze one what, into it, the title it, sequence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it just as it starts the title sequence, and then like, and there's the pearls. Well, let's book two A-list actors in the Maggie from The Walking Dead. And Negan from The Walking Dead. And let's have the minute for five minutes. Yeah, and, and make oh, sure the pearls go flying. And, and that five minutes is just them in slow mo. So it probably took like one minute to film. Oh no. Um, no, I did. I, I did like how they didn't explain much because they're just going off. We're doing like a Spider Man now. I think I'm putting down. Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man for inspiring stuff like this where we've just gone the origin story's dead the origin story doesn't matter it's so enveloped in pop culture you don't need to tell it exactly. we know so just take it as a given that we fucking know it'd be like starting James Bond from the beginning every fucking single time we don't it's just it. we just know he's a spy that's all we need to know so even like the Batcave you know when he's going to underground that this is going to be the Batcave I liked how the Batcave was literally just like He's found a back-end way for all the old alleys and railways to somewhere under his house. Oh. And it's just like a garage with loads of like... No, I know exactly what it is, Go if on. you're interested. It's, uh, it's an abandoned subway station underneath Wayne Tower. It was Wayne Subway Station, but it never got opened. Subwayne? Yeah, Subwayne, basically. <laughs> so you know how um, uh, it, it, like in L.A., it's not in LA, sorry, in New York. They'll mm. have subway stations under these massive buildings for people who need to get to them. Right. So it was basically a subway station just for, for, God, just for Wayne Central so people could get off at Wayne, but it was never opened. So ah. he finds this whole abandoned subway station. But if you go back, you'll see there's Wayne written in big letters. That is on like, it. Like, there's a bridge over it and stuff. It, oh, that's kick-ass. That's what I did like about... Um, if you've not seen this, which is stupid because you've listened to this entire podcast and spoiled it for yourself i reckon it would be a good idea to watch batman read the comic book watch batman again okay i might do because i will do you will notice loads of little things like there are parts in the comic book about riddler where he was nearly ran over by a joyrider right and he has this disdain towards rich people in their cars which Mm -hmm. reflects in the scene where he stabs the tire of the mayor Oh and yeah, the thumbnail drive in there. That makes sense when you've read the comic book. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's got this disdain towards. And by the way, one of the rich people who nearly runs him over is Bruce Wayne, mm. who started off joyriding, and that's why he's so good at driving the Batmobile. Because before Batman, he didn't have anything to take his rage out on, so he started fast and furious all over Gotham. <laughs> I will. I want. I'll read that. I'll it find is, that. It read is decent. That. Um. We have, we've avoided the supporting cast so far, so I want to go... Apparently, apparently Colin Farrell's in this film. I didn't see him anywhere. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Not in a single frame. Not in <laughs> Where the fuck was Colin Farrell? Who the fuck was that? How... Isn't that so disturbing? Like, when you talk about, oh, there was no acting in this film. Explain that! <laughs> Exhibit A is that. My God. Colin Farrell managed to look like the perfect penguin. Yeah. And also have, like... I'm, I'm glad we've stepped away from the... The fact that Penguin has to have a... Monocle. Not even that. A, a physical deformity that resembles a penguin. <laughs> yeah. Flippers. Or even in Gotham, he's got weird feet. That's why you want... He's just called Penguin because he owns the Iceberg Lounge. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I forgot that, yeah. In in Gotham, he has that kind of like gimpy walk yeah, or whatever, it's, yeah. It's like, it, why is he called the Penguin? He's a mobster who runs the Iceberg Lounge. It makes sense to call him the Penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It completely does because he's always in the suit and everything. Yeah, yeah. I did. I like, I, but he was so good in this when he, I loved how he like, he wasn't, he wasn't scared of Batman at all. Oh, he dealt drugs in front of him. Yeah, and he just he went for it. Full on, just was like, "Here's the drugs, darling." In front of Batman, the balls on him. I know. And then he, <sighs> Batman, like flings him into his window, which cracks, and he just kind of like you see him like go, "Oh, oh, like okay, back down." But like he kind of realizes, yeah. "Okay, I pushed you a bit," but that's all he does. And that, I like that penguin rather than being like the the scrawny, like trying to get away. Mah, mah, quick, yeah, get yeah. him, boys. Mah. Like that, he was just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, classically, Penguin is always the first villain out the door. Yeah, yeah, Isn't out the it? door, open, probably flying away. Oh, you'll get me next time. Um, but like it, this one, he was a hard ass. He was good. He was a proper mobster. Yes, which I like. Which I have said for ages. I the best part of Batman is when he's dealing with gangsters because that's what he started off with in the comics, and that's what built up. And it really annoys me. We put him to this point where. He's flying around in a ship with Superman in space, and it's like uh, he can I, only fight people with mental disorders. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, again, his catalogue of villains are normally like a reflection of him in some way. So, like, Joker is like complete chaos compared to Batman, who is like all about order and structure. Um, you've got Riddler, who likes to solve puzzles. So does he, and he likes selling testing. But in and there's and all other characters. Two Face shows yeah. like the two as a split personality. Bruce does as well. You could go on the list for ages. What I liked about this Riddler, rather than just be like, I like to test Bruce Wayne because he does. He doesn't. That's why he's leaving the riddles because he loves him. What I liked about it was he just the way they just the way they were so alike in that again that vengeance thing. It made it like that was the reflection yeah. rather than the obvious. You're both detectives. There was just that. Kind of lost, um, two yeah. lost souls, two off. They were both orphans as well in the end, wasn't it? Because he was that's the orphan area. That's where the comic book, the prequel comic book, starts off with um, in the uh, with Bruce Wayne coming with Thomas and Martha to open the orphanage mm. that, that the kids in. Where you see that photo where it, it heavily implies that this kid with glasses is the Riddler when he's younger. That is confirmed, obviously, in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it also goes into um, the Riddler's job as an accountant and how he finds out about these things. Obviously, it doesn't the comic doesn't reveal that Falcon is the person. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it might ruin the fucking film. Yeah, exactly. But he figures out that something's going on. Um, one thing that I really liked about this film, this is a bit out of nowhere point. Um, I like films that just create a random drug. Okay. I don't know why, but like. Yeah. What was it called? Drops. Drops, yes. And it's just this random thing you put in your eyes. And then this guy with the weird um, head yeah, in the opening scene kind of looked like a mushroom. Mm. And I was like, oh, sorry, like, um, I don't know, kind of like a turnip, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Must just be a random mask. And then on the rewatch, I was like, oh, no, that's the symbol for drops. And he's got it. He's a drop head. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's such a weird, clever joke that no one's going to get the first time watching it. <laughs> Like, that is a joke that you will only understand on the rewatch. And I was like, that's credit to that rewatch. I, I liked how, because they had that drop head and people being kind of like, being like that, giving it kind of like a wild west of Gotham. Yeah. That when you saw the gang that were all painted, 
I'm it was like even though the whole film is quite grounded, I was like that would exist because it, it's it's kind yeah. of like gang culture. You work, you are, you have tats, you have colours or stuff. These guys just put on a little bit of black black face paint, white face paint, and a bit of black face paint on top of it yeah. because it'd be cheap, easy to get. And as soon as I saw them, I knew that they were going to be horrible people. You can see all the rest of the people uncomfortable and like you've got to beat up this guy to join our gang. Has anyone ever like kill him or just beat him up? I can't yeah, remember. Either way, like initiation. Yeah, well, and then we get initiated to Batman, oh, which it's how good is it that in like in all the other ones, it's like he swoops in and like takes him out one by one by one, and it's like because he's a ninja. Yeah. In this, it was like again he's gone full on fear. Yeah. He just slowly walks out of shadows like the boots go in and it take like he takes a while. Oh, in, in that time anything could happen, but he's got everyone's attention and then he comes out slowly and it's so scary. that's the scariest Batman. I love it. Oh, by far the scariest Batman. I I thought it was brilliant. And reflecting on what we said earlier, not only are the people that he's beaten the crap out of terrified of it person he's just saved doesn't thank him runs away pissing himself <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. everyone's terrified of That's, him. which actually yeah I forgot about that which then when we watch it back now when he goes I can't understand why crime has doubled that right there yeah, that's why yeah. that right there because that guy you're instilling fear on everyone this guy's fucking scared of you yeah but really he should have been like thank you Batman yeah. but Batman is the Will Smith at the Oscars <laughs> Batman universe. <laughs> you can't just go around slapping people and expect that to solve everything. <laughs> oh. Get Alfred's name out of your mouth. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Which... Oh, C- Catwoman. Catwoman. Oh, how have we not spoken about Catwoman? Yeah, Catwoman. So, Zoe Kravitz was... Brilliant. Yeah. It's like, the problem with saying... Like, I would... When you say talk about like this is the scariest Batman, this is the best, like the a great penguin without any deformities. The problem you've got with Catwoman is you're always gonna compare her to um fucking what's her name? In in returns. Batman, oh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, sorry, I just had a blank then. I thought so, I was hoping you weren't gonna say Halle Berry. No, no. You're <laughs> always gonna go to Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. In the same way that a lot of people go to Nicholson for Joker, but then Heath Ledger came along because he did a twist. I felt like she wasn't given the opportunity, given much of an opportunity to do a twist. And Michelle Pfeiffer's was unhinged, yeah. but then you've just got hers is hinged. I th- so to, yeah. to a point, she just wants to kill her dad, and that's only after she's set off from here and a maid get murdered. She's actually just just kind of like a little bit of a petty criminal saving up a bit of money, a bit yeah. and half away. Yeah, a bit and half away, and it was just like it was a great Catwoman. But unlike all the other performances, it just it didn't have its own tone to compare to the others. I don't that's, know how you feel. That's fair. I agree. I mean, she didn't particularly bring anything new to the role. Mm. But I don't know if that's necessarily her, Zoe Kravitz's fault, or whether that's Matt Reeves not writing or, or thinking that she's. I got I, I think the, it's it's more that Tim Burton ran. Well before Catwoman, like jumped ahead of Catwoman, like fifty. Like when you think about it, also having Catwoman was a sixties Catwoman, a little bit cap- campy. Yeah, and then he made everything a bit dark and a bit mad. And then with Catwoman, he just went straight into insane. He just made yeah. Catwoman an insane woman who survives a fall and is like completely like suicidal on a mission. 
which, which is, by the way, completely not in the comic book. Not in the comics at all, but it's also one of the best portrayals of Catwoman. Great iteration it's of Catwoman, yeah. So when you're then going like, right, we've got to do Catwoman, what do we do? The best has already kind of been done. What yeah. we've just got to do is make a Catwoman that's right for this universe. I think I, I honestly think that the Catwoman in this universe was pretty much right for this universe. No, it was. It Not was. in that she was... I, I didn't want any more from her. I'll tell you, actually, no, that's a lie. I would have liked, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I wanted a, a, a little bit more cat references from her, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, oh. I get, I get that I would have at least wanted her to be called Catwoman once, would have been nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Catwoman. Um, I mean, I get she has cats and she's like, I guess I like strays and she drinks some milk. I like that line. I like cats. Like, I, no, I like that line. I guess I like strays and she looks at Bruce's I, Batman. I really like and, that. I think she, that's brilliant. I don't think She doesn't know he's an orphan. She has no idea, but he is a stray in many facets of the word. He is a stray right now. Also, a brilliant line where she just scoffs and is like, whoever you are, you grew up rich. Oh, yeah. That was a good line. And fucking Wayne Towers in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, whoever you are, you grew up rich. Hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. But I was like, oh, that's a brilliant line. Um, I mean, constantly whipping the wigs off. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I liked how Bruce uh, as well, not just to take away from Catwoman, but there was a lot of stuff like that. So she's ripping wigs off and putting other ones on. Bruce... Was at some point just still had his eye makeup on because he hasn't had a chance to take it off. Also brilliant. Which again, Keaton in Batman for Returns, he's clearly got eye makeup on. It goes to Michelle Pfeiffer. It goes back. You like there's something different about his eyes. He's not got eye makeup on, and then he takes his mask off. And yeah. like, oh, that's why you've done that's that. Why. I mean, I, I think he, um, Nicholas Cage does it in Kick Ass as well. Oh, he leaves his he, eye makeup on. You, there's a scene where he's like getting ready to go out and you see him painting his eye makeup on, which I just think is a really good uh, touch. Um, but he's doing it perfectly, whereas Bruce Wade in this has got this like smudge sweaty at the end of the night. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my only problem with the, with um, the, you know, that contact lenses. Go on. He uses. In all that footage, you never see a blink. Oh. I didn't even think of that. Do you know what you know what I would say to to combat that in all that footage you don't see a blink, although I suppose she wore them. He, I could picture Batman just like learning not to blink, just like eye drops. Or maybe you could argue the contact lenses keep the eyes moist, so you don't need to blink. Maybe but I feel like out of habit you would just blink. Yeah, wouldn't you just? Yeah, I suppose you would because you don't also, even know you're doing it. He tells her to act natural so no one can look at them. Like, he doesn't want anybody to notice that he's got them in. Yeah, so, so not blinking would blink. be... Um, I, that That's just a little... I think that's the only, like, little detail yeah. in the entire film. As if you picked up on that. <laughs> that's what I do. Anyway. You know what you did pick up on when we tried to do this last? Um, you picked up on how Gotham was, like, definitely a character of its own to the point where the place they go and meet is an abandoned, like... Yeah, that's one of my favourite... Things and I have to, in, in fairness, I, I think I might have read part of this on Twitter at least. Somebody, somebody pointed it out, but you can tell by looking at Gotham through the num- numerous, you know, projects. Yeah, and um, well, um, just shots of the city. It's been through about five or six stages of development through different periods of time. 
where you have buildings that look like they're from the 50s and 60s, buildings that look like they're from the 20s, and the buildings that look like they're from the 80s. But all the modern buildings are half finished because yeah. it's a corrupt town and a corrupt city. And all the and anybody will tell you, how were the five families of New York Mafia run? Where did they funnel their money through? Construction. Yeah, it's all construction. It's all construction. It's cement, it's iron, it's things like that. And it makes sense. All of these half-developed projects... And that's even where Batman and Gordon meet is in one of yeah. these derelict builds. Well, that's where they put. That's where they just put the. Um, that's where they put the the bat. Does he? Does he use the bat symbol, the bat light, in this? I think it's on. No, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I question it's at the very like, beginning. It's at the very beginning. Well, there's even the scene where they where Gordon and Bruce show up, and it's like, I thought you. Lit. Yeah, I thought you. Lit, it turns yeah. out it's Catwoman at the top. Um, that was brilliant. I. Do you know what else I, is is great as well? Um, there are three characters in this film. There are three main characters in this film. Go on. Okay. There is Bruce Wayne on mm. the outside. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, what he shows himself, who he is in the Batcave, uh, who he shows to Alfred. There's Batman. And then there's the weird version of Bruce Wayne who does Batman stuff, but not dressed as Batman. Yeah, so like when like, he... He's figured out that it's probably not a good idea to be spying dressed as Batman because it's a very clunky, obvious outfit. So he's like got the cap on, still wearing well, the eye makeup. He's very much like um, what's what's his uh, alter ego when he's uh, what's he called? I'm kicking myself. And Chris will be screaming it at the fucking matches Malone. Yes, yes. It's very matches Malone. Yes, and I love that. And I think some of those moments. That's when you hear him monologue. Quite a lot of yeah, time. yeah, when he's being when, matches. When he's in that and he's when he is the shadows mm. almost, he is being matches, and I just love that. I think that's brilliant. Like there are he's Bruce Wayne to who he is to everybody, but I think when he's genuinely most himself is that is those version. Well, I think that's what the film tries to get across because the first time he tries to get into the iceberg lounge, it goes yeah, as that, Batman. Yes. And they go, they open the door, he goes, Do you know who I am? And they're like, yeah, fuck you, shut the door. And he gets in and by just like kicking ass. Yeah. Then he goes as Bruce Wayne and funnily enough gets to say, do you know who I am? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And again, it's kind of like, should we let him in? And the third time it's like, fuck that. I'm just going to go go in. I'm just going to go in. Fuck trying to do it. This is how I would yeah. get in here. I'm not going to try and play it any one way or the other in the cape or out. And that, I love that. That's one of my favourite things. Oh, film. and then when he turns the fucking lights off, I was like, oh, we oh. are going to get... Such good shit now. So good. With so all the, the, the bullets lighting up, because we saw a bit of that in the trailer, but then oh, to yeah. have so much of it there, I was in awe. In Such awe. a good film. Such a good film. Um, the, I, I, oh, I, on. A note on structure, mm-hmm. just to move on a tiny bit. Um, I don't know how he managed to fit three acts into the third act, but he did somehow. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, he did. And I was like, what do you mean? And then my brain just went, no, so you've got Falcone dying, the Riddler uh, being caught, and also then the Riddler uh, that ex- setting off his, yeah. his act. Yeah. And then if you want to be even, like, and then that, how that's re- the resolve of that as well. But, like, even then, I, I, I will say there are scenes, and I th- actually I said this to, to Dan Bibby recently, uh, if if I were to 
edit this film, and this is me saying it, you know, I'm, I don't have nearly the experience that Matt Reeves does. Yeah. But if I were editing the film, I would have ended it with him on the roof of, um, what is it, Gospel Square Gardens. Right. You know, where he is... Um, oh, he's looking up. He realises for the first time that people aren't afraid of him anymore. Someone actually wants him. The woman grabs his hand and mm. he's like, it's okay. And he looks up and something in the way is playing by Nirvana and the mm. orchestra starts to swell. Perfect time to end the film. Then, midway credit scene, you have him saying goodbye to Catwoman. At right. The, um, at the cemetery. It, yeah. Also filmed down the road, Anfield Cemetery. Yeah. Then, final, final after credit scene, Riddler and the Joker at Arkham. Yeah. I feel like that would have flowed better than... I did get oh, a lot of feedback. Oh, is it fit? No, no, there's another scene. Is there? Is it over? No, 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 there's another scene. Yeah, I did get a lot of feedback of people telling me, like, that went to watch it, that... Because I have had a few people go, well, eh, it's a 7 out of 10. And I'm going to ask why a lot of said the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, didn't need to be there. Now, for me... I was quite happy. I was like a pig in Chardonnay, darling. I loved it. <laughs> oh, that, exactly. But I suppose for the average moviegoer, that might be a bit too much. And I think you have just come up with a perfect resolution. That, so it keeps it in. It was just pacing. It was like you had this brilliant banging moment. And I mean, I mean, comedians will tell you there's a massive temptation to go out on a high. Like, you get a banging joke near the end and it's like, maybe I should just walk off stage now. Yeah, but then you've got this other material. You've got this other material. And what if it doesn't work as well as that just did? Yeah. It falls but flat. it'll be so good when it does land. So you save it for the encore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we should have. I mean, maybe, again, I remember one thing hearing when I heard, like, oh, there's no after credit scene. I liked that. Like, it's differentiating it. It's, like, the cool thing now is having an after credit scene. Fuck Ghostbusters Afterlife just had two after credit scenes, <laughs> right? Marvel just have created this as, like, a trend. So for the Batman to just be like, you know what? Fuck you. When this film ends, it ends. That I kind of respect, but weirdly enough, then he actually could have benefited by doing it. Yeah. Because of how much content he's tried to put in. And even then, there is a tiny little end of credit scene. Not really. But oh, it just comes up with a question mark, doesn't it? But yeah, and the URL yeah. for a website you can go on, and it's got loads of pictures about um, Martha Wayne's madness and stuff like that. Oh, right. It's, like the, the, it's the, the URL website, yeah. you know, that they say uh, URL rat, El Rata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that if you go on there, there's lo- it's like the Riddler's Notebook, basically. Um, but there was a countdown actually if you went on it immediately afterwards it was like loading 50% and then you had oh. to keep going on it until it fully loaded um, what what um, what better time then because we just talked about it should we talk about that deleted scene oh definitely so yeah that we've kind of been good that maybe that we've not been able to pod on this because some people I think this came about because some people put said they didn't like the Joker was in it because it felt a little tacked on and he argued, Matt Reeves said in the interview, he was never meant to be tacked up. Because I think someone said, the studio make you do that. And he's like, mate, I'm 100% in charge of this film. I wanted him there. He was actually meant to be in another scene, but I took, decided to take him out because I didn't want to take away from the thunder of Riddler. Yeah. But So it might feel tacked on. It was never ever meant to be tacked on. And I think some people are like, he's just saying that. No, there wasn't. So then he was like, fuck you. Right, release that fucking scene. Get that out there to show I had a vision where, yeah, 
Joker is in this as well. And my God. Spectacular. What an interaction, what an introduction and what a what a perfect Joker to go in this in this world. I heard someone say, oh, he's a bit mutilated, isn't he? I was like, the Joker's always mutilated. Yeah, he, he falls into a vat, vat. of fucking acid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was just thinking I got mutilated. the... Even Nolan was like, do you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah, exactly. You know, he's done something. It is it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I thought he looks brilliant. Yeah, parts of his hair were missing at the back as well. I liked that. It reminded me um, of a Mick Foley's Mankind character. Yes, yes, it was great. There was just something really unhinged about the fact, that, like, has he pulled that out, or is that from like an accident? Why is that happening? Why is it not growing back? Here's here's something I've been thinking about. I don't think I've seen anybody mention this. Um, the Joker says at one point, "Oh, that's right, it's our anniversary." Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Right. Now I'm thinking the film starts Halloween. What if the Joker's first attack is a bonfire night thing? Oh, and that's why he's got all that fa- like scar because of fires. Or well, something. maybe just his first attack was a V for Vendetta sort of thing. It was like revolution, and Batman shut that shit down. But I'm just thinking, maths wise, if it's a couple of days after Halloween and he's like big reveal, it wouldn't be hard to smack that on fifth of November. I know it's a British thing. I know. Like, I, 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 yeah, I reckon so. I mean, the other thing I noticed was I liked that the it's oh our anniversary, and he gives him the files and he goes oh, paper because yeah. that, isn't that like your first wedding yeah, anniversary? Yeah, it's yeah. Paper anniversary. I love that. It's because it's again just playing perfectly into Joker, just finding a little pun yeah. in everything. And Pattinson and them, the chemistry was perfect. Just not interested. Don't care. I don't want to be around here, but I have to be around you. Yeah. And a Joker just enjoy enjoying it just basking in it yeah even though and again the whole like we don't need an origin story we already know why these two fucking hate each other exactly and i I think it's brilliant i mean the the idea of joker being this hannibal lecter character and advising like obviously you've seen silence of the lambs um i have i don't know why i question that i definitely have seen silence of the lambs yeah uh, hannibal lecter obviously isn't the main villain of silence of the lambs he's the correspondent he's the psychopath that they have they have to and go are to. able to examine mm. and i love that because mm. he manipulates especially in the books as well he manipulates people and lies to them to get what he wants from behind this he can't physically use himself so he has to use his mind if we get that with um with joker oh my god well that was i remember watching it i was so scared of like because I was just like, we don't need another Joker. You brought up a very good... This is an interesting point. We won't get into it now, but you had an interesting point, uh, argument with Dan Bibby of we don't need Joker anymore. Yeah. And I kind of... I was on that side of the fence myself when people were saying, if we do a sequel, should we miss the freeze? So when it came to the end and I was like, oh, it's Joker and Riddler. Well, we've had this once before where you go, oh, it's... You know, when Nolan was like, oh, this guy's got a calling card. It's the Joker card. I went, oh, okay, we're doing that next. Okay, I mean, he's got other villains, but fine. But yeah. that, I'm glad we got that because actually I'm really excited to see more of he. He's brilliant. He yeah. was he was kind of like, he came off as being harmless. But um, at the same time, I think he was brilliant. He was terrifying. He was crazy. He was. But at the same time, I can't really say to be honest that I think we need another Joker film mm. because I think the character has been covered pretty well mm. by everybody who's done it 
But at the same time, if you can take that character in an interesting new direction, then go for it. You have the platform for anything that you want to do, really. That being said, we have just had a brilliant new iteration of Joker. Um, yeah. But that's why I like this idea of him being this Hannibal Lecter. If he's locked away for the entire Yeah, I was trilogy, thinking that, because Penguin, be it looked that. like it more lined up Penguin to be the... Uh, well, Penguin's getting his own TV show. Yeah, he is, actually. Um, but I would be fine if the Joker is locked away for the entire trilogy, and then the trilogy ends on a cliffhanger of him escaping. Yeah, and then we keep... And we never see that. I'd be fine with that. You'd be fine with never seeing what happens when Joker gets out? Yeah. Okay. I love a good cliffhanger. I'd be... I'd be uh, I I'd want more, but I, it it's funny you say that because I've been thinking about what villains would and wouldn't work, and I can think of so many ways so many could work. But after seeing Joker, I was just like, I can't picture a Harley Quinn for that Joker. I would like a different. I I, I would be really interested. I was thinking about this the other day actually. I would be really interested if they did a Harley Quinn character that is a sidestep. From the comic books. Mm. So what if instead of um, training Harley to basically help him escape from Arkham, mm. he was training Harley to be him outside of Arkham. Oh, like brainwashing her. And instead of having this, okay, Mr. J, I'll do anything, but really I'm not that evil other than just doing your plans. What mm. if we got her? Fucking evil Harley Quinn. Oh, kind of like, you know what you could do it like? Like, um, the Manson family? Yeah. So he's like Charles Manson, but he's getting them to do it. Like, uh, Sadie? Nothing Batman can do about it because it's all from inside Arkham. He's already there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yes, I like that. And meanwhile, Penguin's, yeah, running the show and you've got Riddler will be helping do this because Riddler's good, like, the messages and stuff. Exactly. Um, no, yeah, I'd I'd like all that. I I would like that Manson Joker shit. That'd be fucking sick. I'd love it. I want so much out of this. I want fucking Penguin. I want Mister Freeze. We never got to see. Um, it would have been interesting to see a um, Harvey Dent. Would have been. But would've maybe been. they're play. They're really waiting on that one. Well, I assume Harvey Dent's gonna replace the DA in this one. Oh yeah, so it'll be about we're picking out um, Harvey Dent. That would be interesting. I don't really want to see the fall of Harvey Dent again, though. Uh, you say, well, well, hold on. What do you mean the fall of Harvey Dent again? I think the only thing of two iterations, one Batman the Animated Series, which yeah. that isn't the, that's brilliant, but the actual thing, it has a horrible line where when he sees it happen to him, the worst acting that guy, uh, what is the guy who plays him? Kevin Conroy. The worst acting Kevin Conroy has ever done is when he goes, Harvey, no. no like that, that's awful. It's not great, is it? Um, and then the other one is obviously Joe. Um, oh, actually, no, there has been a third one. I didn't realise that. Then you've got the, the one showing Tommy Lee getting the acid in the face in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. But it's like found footage. You just see it on yeah. the TV. And then you've got the one from the Nolan films, which was... That was done in a very, very different way from how all the others I were. Ju- I just don't see... The, 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 yeah, but... To get, I'd have an acid attack. The, yeah, to be honest, like it, it's relevant and it's it's a new it's a new take on it, but all the interesting things about Two Faces arc 
shall we say, in The Dark Knight mm. were nothing to do with Joker. Correct. Yeah. That that could have been um, an ass in attack. It didn't have to be Joker. It just had to be a citizen who was being mm. a dick. The interesting thing about that in that story is that he is the best of them. And he made even them fall. And Batman kind of has to realise, oh shit, I'm the best of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I don't want to be the best of us because I'm not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a best of us. And when Harvey Dent falls, Mm. Batman is left with this horrible realisation of, fuck, it's it's just me. I think that was done too well in The Dark Knight. No, I know what I mean. And I can't really think of a... A more interesting way you can ha- you can give Two Face an arc because his arc has to be he starts off a good guy he ends up a bad, bad guy. guy. How do you do that other than making him making it interesting how far he's fallen? I mean, you could. I think you could make it so. You could, if you go down the route of is it? I can't remember if it's a long Halloween or another one of them like that where Harvey's actually secretly a bit corrupt so he's he's like using the mob against the mob he's he's paying them off he's going he's, he's been a bit of a vigilante himself but he's like allowing some like drugs to be put on certain streets and stuff because it takes down another mob for now and it, it kept it kingpinish right, okay, I think I a bit like that and it just starts spiraling out of control and He's, it starts getting in too deep then, and then he tries to get out of it, and then they fucking whack him, and that's how he becomes Two Face. So he's getting his revenge on. So them. his revenge is like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I am gonna be the kingpin of crime. Then round it, I'm gonna sort. I can sort out the city and save it, but my my way was by peddling the dr- the drugs in the right places. That would be another. That would be an interesting take. Instead of Two Face being angry at Gotham, he's still trying to save it, but yeah. in the wrong way. Yeah, completely like just the wrong way. He thinks he has to kill drug dealers and he thinks he has to kill bankers and things like that. Mm. that that'd be an interesting take. I could see that happening. But I want Heart of Ice more. Yes. <laughs> oh, which obviously we haven't. But we just need a bit of redemption. I just want to be able to refer to a li- think of a live action Mr. Freeze as not Ice to see you. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh, down. Chill. <laughs> we played the uh, Batman and Robin drinking game. Once in this house, and we did not make it to the third act. <laughs> oh, really? Is that true? You gotta drink every time there's an ice pun. You gotta drink every time there's like a weird pun from Uma Thurman as well. She makes like these weird plant puns throughout it. Mm. Um, and then you've gotta down your drink when you get to the back card. Like you see, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like never leave the cave without it. You've gotta uh... down your drink, and I timed it so poorly. I had a vodka <laughs> orange right at the fucking start. And I was like, oh no. Um, but I, I, I mean, I. To wrap this up a, a little bit in a bow. Yeah. It's the best. Comic book Batman film I've ever seen. Mm. It's the only Batman film where they actually make him the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Or a detective. A detective. Even. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, the fact that it was a film noir kind of detective feel. I mean, obviously influences were taken from. Zodiac from Seven, from these elements from like Psycho, some brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant no, I'm totally with you on that. From. I think it was a f- 
phenomenal film. Yeah, I'm phenomenal. I'm with you. Like, it was. And unfortunately, I think shits on the Dark Knight a little bit. <laughs> it does. I think it does. I've been slowly shitting on the Dark Knight trilogy for a while now. We were meant to do, and that we did like a Batman through the nineties. Uh, podcast went through all them. Me and Gaz went to do a Nolan trilogy podcast and then COVID hit. And we never got around to doing it. We are going to do it. Uh, more on that in a bit. But one thing I took when I rewatched them, I was like, Batman Begins, uh, it's, I remember it being more annoying than this, but it's slightly better. It's got its flaws. Dark Knight, bit long, but okay. But like, not okay, sorry. It, awesome, but bit long. And then I just remember Dark Knight Rises being like, oh, no, actually, I didn't really like this at all. But all the way through, I found massive faults. Now, I'm not saying in years' time I won't find massive faults with this, but this highlights those faults. This highlights, like, so many things they did wrong with, like, uh, ba- uh, Christian Bale's voice. Sometimes his costume now looks a bit goofy in comparison to what yeah. we've just seen. People were slagging off this costume before they saw it. And now, actually, I think it's... Baller. Yeah, it's brilliant. I it's and I can't see how to see how it evolves and gets more Apparently like the, the bat on his chest comes out as a batarang as well. Yeah, no, I think it showed that. I think he does yeah. at one point. He does because when the electric lights are hanging over, yeah. That's what he, he does. Oh. Which every everyone's asking because in the comics, Kevin Smith has made it that that's Joe Cool's gun melted down. That's cool. To make the thing that killed his parents a symbol of his hope. Redemption. Yeah. To get something good out of something that's so bad. Um, I think we can wrap wrap this up. So, what would you rate it? Although I don't think it's going to be too hard to guess. We're, we're about to rating it. Uh, I'm I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, you're not, we don't do 0.5s. We don't do 0.5s? No. So I'm going 9 then. 9. 5 right. and above, give it a shove. I'm going to 9. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see the point of 0.5s because then we might as well rate it out of 20 because that's all you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you give it a 9. I'm going to, and this is fucking, Gaz is going to rip me for this because the past few, all the past few reviews have been like this. I'm giving it a 10. I was honestly gripped the whole way through. I didn't even notice the three hours go by. As soon as it finished in the car to Eve, I was, you know, going on about it and we both were. And I went, you know what? If, If we drove home now and there was an option to play it on the TV at home, I'd watch it all again. Just like some of my favorite Batman books were closing on. That was so satisfying. I want that again, please. Yeah. And just go through. It was... It's And I don't have to explain any further why it's a 10 because we've just spent an hour and 13 minutes explaining <laughs> why, it's... why it's a 10. Um, so before we sign off, what I'm... Like I have put in the description, a bit of a big announcement and a bit of why this has taken so long to come out. Uh, we had a bit of a problem this month. We were meant to do this within about a week of the film coming out. Mm. But then my car broke, and then my microphone broke, and then a lot other things have happened with Gaz as well. And then what it's meant is it's been harder for me and Gaz to meet up. Now, Gaz isn't going to leave the pod, do not worry, but it is getting harder at the moment for at least the next few, month, next few months to see Gaz. I have been using Dan, Hagrid, and Pete a lot over the past year to just guess when that's available. And I've just thought, fuck it, you know what? Let's expand our team finally. So officially now... Hagrid, Dan and Pete are members of Talk Nerdy to Me. They will get updated profiles on the site soon. I've got that in the pipeline. And I plan on doing a podcast in May where you're going to find out all about them. We've got a really fun way that we're going to find out all about you guys so everyone gets to know you a bit more. 
And but yeah, Gaz is still going to be around. We are going to do our Nolan trilogy podcast at some point. So keep on listening, keep on checking. But yeah, we're going to have much more content coming out now because I've now got the options of Dan, Haggard, and Pete for when Gaz and I just can't line our planets up together. So, yeah, um, if you don't know Hagrid, by the way, he has featured on some of our best podcasts. He's been on the Nerdies. He's a regular on the Nerdies. So go back and listen to them. If you go on my profile currently, maybe in the future, on Hagrid's profile, you'll be able to see there's a Spotify link where you can listen to the bands that he mentioned. Yes. Dan Vibby and the Knobs. Is there anything you wanted in particular to promote or push? Just... You don't have to if you um, don't want to. Do you want people to add you on your Twitter handle? Particularly, yeah, uh, guys, follow me, Danny BFS, pretty much on everything. Yeah, Danny BFS, and the BFS stands for uh, Bowling for Soup. Danny, <laughs> that's how you remember it, Danny Bowling for Soup. Yes. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed the film as much as we did. Don't forget to leave your comments in the uh, in, leave your comments in the comments down below. Uh, I've been Jay. Thank you again, Dan, and uh, keep talking nerdy. Keep talking, nerd. I've done it wrong again. I'm sure it's... I've just did this on the Peacemaker podcast. I'll screw it. That's it. That's what I'm doing. Screw it.